Yo, everybody, welcome back to the Fastest 40. It's episode 14. We're entering the NFL playoffs wild card weekend, super wild card weekend, as the NFL likes to refer to it now. My name is Dan, and I've got my boy Strato here with me today in Trey's absence. Strato, what good up, to have you up, on. What up? Thank you. How are you guys? want to thank you and Trey, of course, <laughs> for having me. Um, I know Trey's not here, and I'm filling in, but uh never never hurts to get the invite so i appreciate it and i'm ready to talk some sports man hell yeah man we're gonna get after it today give you all kinds of good playoff news so let's get hyped 40 Okay, let's get this thing started with some pregame stretches. These are brought to you, as always, by CS Designs, Corey Sanders. Doing it big for us every single time we put up some graphics. We're going to have our playoff wildcard round fan vote coming out for you later today. We'll talk about that more here in a little bit. But Corey is going to be putting that together for us. He's fantastic. www.coreysandersdesigns.com. Instagram, at CS Designs Official. He is a full-service creative company that offers you videography, photography, graphic design, web design, and so much more. He really is an expert at his craft, and uh, it shows in the care that he takes with the people with that he works with. So uh, check him out again, www.coreysandersdesigns.com. All right, week 18, the final week of the NFL season has passed. All kinds of crazy things went down this week. We're going to recap that just a little bit before we jump into our power rankings. Let's start with the biggest thing that happened in week 18, which was the Colts totally blowing totally blowing it against the Jags. Any chance that they possibly would have had for the playoffs obviously died right there. Yep. Um, <laughs> against the team, the Jags that, I'm sorry, has just been absolute ass all year. I mean, they, you don't have they, to apologize for that. Well, you know, I, I feel bad. Rookie quarterback, I understand that a little bit. Terrible head coach. Uh, bad position to put that poor kid in. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to talk about Jonathan Taylor only having 15 carries. Uh, the reason that you're in that freaking position is because that guy has put that team on his back. And you got to give him more touches than that. I just, yeah. I really think you do. Um, that's my big takeaway from it is... Well, that's interesting. Well... So, do you think it's more of a Carson Wentz issue, or was it more of a Frank Reich issue in their Jaguars loss? Well, I think it's a little column A, a little column B, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Carson has played well up to that point, I thought, at the end, during that stretch where they were just... Many argued that they were the best team in football on that winning streak. Yeah, so, they were rattling them off against high-caliber competition. Right, and then even in the ones that they did lose, I know they lost to Tampa, but they were in that game. I think uh, the entire way took it to OT against you know defending Super Bowl champs. That says a lot about a team like that. Um, Carson Wentz, I'm not sold on. Uh, I think he's still a fragile little kid, basically. Um, mm-hmm. Has to prove himself even more. Um, <clears throat> but that being said, too, Frank Reich, 
think you got to ride the hot hand and give Jonathan Taylor the ball. Uh, 100%. You can, you can rest him for the week before the playoffs, I guess. But yeah. when you get in there, you gotta you got to win. And maybe that was their plan all along to rest him. Uh, you know, this happens a lot of times where teams look past the assignment at hand. Their eyes were on the wild card round, potentially playing a Chiefs team or um, the Bills or whoever ended up with that right. three seed. Right. That's kind of the territory they were living in, and maybe they didn't want to reveal too much. Yeah, you know. And then by the time they actually started to panic, it was too late, and they couldn't rely on the run game because time was of the essence at that point. Um, so really, you've got to, you definitely have to blame a little bit of column A, column B. Carson went through some costly interceptions, had had some very poor decisions. Frank Reich did not give Jonathan Taylor the workload that he was accustomed to. And, you know, going in, they had an 80% chance to make the playoffs, and Crazy. they totally blew it. Yeah. So, you know, and my heart goes out to those Colts fans out there because, you know, it's been kind of a tough couple years since Andrew Luck retired. You yeah. know, you just have constant turmoil at the quarterback position, which is something that Chiefs fans are awfully familiar with. Of course. And, you know, they finally get this superstar running back that's carrying the offense, and then they don't rely on his success to, to get the job done against the Jags. It's really too bad. Yeah, you do have to, you know, tip your, tip your hat to the Jags, too. I mean, they showed up to play. They, their defense was great. You don't, uh, you don't take games off or weeks off in the NFL. You're, you're always trying to impress somebody, and they, they sure impressed. Absolutely. So the 49ers, they ended up getting a win in overtime over the Rams. That was... Kyle Shanahan's sixth straight win against Sean McVay, undefeated. So that's interesting right there because I think both of us would agree McVay's the better coach. I think the one that has, well, here's the thing. They both have Super Bowl experience. Right. They both have pretty solid playoff experience. Mm -hmm. They're both great offensive minds. I'm... I'm thinking maybe Shanahan might be the better coach. And I I like Shanahan's offensive philosophies a little bit better, to be honest with you. I would agree with you. Um, I think we talk about McVay, and he is that young, vibrant, good personality to have in the <laughs> locker room. And He's a motivator. Hyped, and he does have that mind, you know, maybe not quite to the caliber of an offensive mind like Andy Reid, but... He's definitely talented and definitely knows how to put his guys in the right positions. Um, I have a hard time with any Shanahan, to be honest. Um, <laughs> and that's just kind of a personal thing for me. A little bias just, there, just, thanks to yeah, old Mike. Just just a little bit. But um, you do have to, you know, again, hats off and show your respect where it's due. And Homeboy has, you know, put together some good teams. Everybody wrote off the 49ers eight weeks ago, nine weeks ago, I feel mm -hmm. like. And then all they did was beat really good teams. That division is a tough division, and they came and battled back, beat the Rams twice this year, beat the Cardinals once, I believe, um, mm -hmm. split that series. So it's, it's a tough tough sledding out there, and he, he did show that you know he's the guy. So maybe you are right. I don't know. <laughs> hey, I, I think they're both high-caliber coaches and, you know, uh, to be able to say that you've gone to a Super Bowl <clears throat> is is a huge badge of honor, really. Um, moving on through the recap, we've got the Steelers who held on against the Baltimore Ravens to clinch their playoff berth, eliminating the Ravens. And then the Raiders 
played in probably what was the craziest game in the NFL this year. I think the only ones that really compete with it are, are that Chiefs and Chargers game. Yeah. And on a, on Thursday night we went to overtime, and then there was a couple of other ones here and there, like um, that Rams uh, or that Cowboys and Buccaneers game to start the season was a nice one to start off with. I mean, there's been some good ones, but that one I think rises above all of the rest. The the Ravens and Colts game was really good this year. Yeah. Um, but this game really rises above the rest, in my opinion, because of all of the drama that uh, you know that was surrounding it, and <clears throat> you know it's it's kind of like the NFL has they they figured out the formula for successful television. Um, you know, I've seen some graphics come out where the the top twenty five highest telecasted shows there was only three that weren't football games right and it was the inaugural address like this <laughs> a few other government announcements and then it was all football games so right. <clears throat> it's pretty fantastic to, to for them to have that foresight to know hey you know this is going to carry a lot of weight and the players played up to the occasion i think for I sure i agree uh news breaking news uh justin herbert's the real freaking deal man uh he's oh he's, he's no gonna joke. be here for a long time and I think he did everything in his power to, to show, I mean, that he is that guy. Um, you know, he didn't win the game, unfortunately, but he didn't have the ball last. I mean, yeah, he converted, what, three or four, fourth and freaking eight pluses in the oh. final drive just to get him to overtime? Right. I mean, that's impressive. I think the bigger storyline there is that Chargers defense let that team down, man. Uh, they didn't show up when they needed to the most. Um, kind of looked like they took that game for granted a little bit with the Raiders coming into their house and just showing them how it was. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, the defense definitely let them down. There's no question about that. The At the end of the day, you know, I think someone might need to be fired. <laughs> I yeah. mean, for that, for that uh, scenario to lose out on a playoff contention when at one point in the season you were the – best team in the AFC West. Yeah. And then it was just a complete meltdown and it's really to no fault of the offense. There's only one game I can think of where the offense really didn't show up against the Broncos who have a high class defense themselves. Right. But all of their games were high scoring affairs where the defense let up twenty four or more points and just about every single one. So Tough to win games that way. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean when you have to score more than three touchdowns to guarantee to even think about winning a game right. you're really just putting yourself in a in a really tough position it's like you're playing from behind the whole time exactly so you know that's that's too bad and we'll see because in it and it's especially sad because of how talented that defense is they do have a lot of strong players on on that side of the ball bosa derwin james and that's just to name a couple um plenty of talent over there so <clears throat> several close games in the week 18 slot and a lot of you know, meaningless games that turned into big, high-powered offensive affairs. So, you know, Week 18 was pretty satisfying to me. Uh, got to see the Chiefs end it right, too. So Good end of the year, for sure. Uh, all across the board, games were competitive. Uh, just fun, fun week of football, really. Absolutely. So, jumping into our power rankings, I'll give my 10, and then I'll let you kind of jump in with yours. Our top five are pretty similar. So, I've got the Packers, Chiefs, Buccaneers, Titans, Rams, top five. This is the end of the season power ranking, so this will be the last one we do. And then 
I have Cowboys, Bills, Rams, Cardinals, Bengals, 49ers take my 10th spot. I think last week I had the Chargers there. Not a whole lot of shuffling going around here. Um, I know I had the Colts as a fringe team last week. Obviously, they've fallen more into the 15 or 16 range. What are your top 10 teams? Well, like you said, our our, our tops are pretty similar. Uh, I've got the Packers, the Chiefs, the Bucks, the Titans. Um, and then after that, it, it might be a little surprising. I've got the Bills, uh, then the Patriots, the Cards, the Bengals, and then I have the 49ers over the Rams, who I think uh, I, I think the Rams are just a little bit overrated on that front. The Rams at 10. The Rams at 10. They've lost some very crucial games down the stretch. I think that hurts them a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think they might have a bigger problem at quarterback than they realize. So mm. there's that too. Well, we'll see how that plays out for them in the, uh, in the playoffs. They do have a tough matchup against the Cardinals, who they've split the series with on the year, so... <clears throat> it's going to be interesting to see that game and uh, a lot of good teams in the playoffs this year. Tons. I think uh, you know the seven seeds leave a little bit to be desired, but from one through six on both sides, you can feel pretty confident that those are strong teams that can win. Um, I feel like you wouldn't five. be surprised too if a seven seed pulls something off. I know you don't yeah. probably want to hear that as a Chiefs fan uh, right now, but you can't again. You don't take weeks off in the NFL. You damn sure don't take playoff weeks off. <laughs> and when you make it there, you want to show out. So uh, there's not one game I think you could just for sure say, you know, there is no way, no possibility for, of an upset at all. So, right. And the truth of the matter is it's going to happen eventually. Yeah. You know, there's going to be a seven seed that beats a two seed at some point down the line right. uh, just because any given Sunday, right? So. Exactly. We'll see how this plays out. Bottom five, I've got the Giants as my worst team, followed by the Jaguars, Jets, Texans, and then Lions, who I have a lot of faith in, actually. And I know Trey, he's got a lot of faith in those guys as well. We're we're big fans of Dan Campbell. Um, great dude. Great dude. Bites some kneecaps. A lot of heart. Let's Him go. and uh, Robert Salah, yeah. the Jets coach, they're actually coaching the Senior Bowl. Oh, which that's cool. I mean, you couldn't pick uh, two manlier coaches right. to coach the Super Bowl. I mean, those and those players are going to just be uh, enamored by those guys. Oh, I think you know God. they're going to win some hearts, some college player hearts over. I mean, how could you not? Those two are amazing. They're, great personalities. They're pretty great. What are your bottom five, man? So I'm with you. Uh, people are going to be mad at me for this, but the Giants are coming up dead last for me right now. I do like you, uh, like the Lions, mm-hmm. uh, and then I've got the Jags, followed by the Texans, and then I've got the Jets and Carolina kind of right there tied for, <laughs> for that, that spot as well. Uh, I think Carolina had such great promise, right? Started off the year so good, so hot. They did. 3-0, um, and uh, I think, they were at one point. Those two, for me, are uh, are interchangeable there. You could You could throw either one of those. Sure, and that's funny you say Carolina because I know Phil listed them in his bot in his bottom five last week too. Which, you know, that's just not a team that I consider. I really like their defense and the way they play, but you know, I I'm starting to come around to the idea that maybe they aren't really more than a bottom five team at this point, Dude, mostly because of the quarterback issues. Their offense is just subpar. Uh, yeah, no Christian McCaffrey, and then good old Sam Darnold. If that's your guy, uh, there's a problem. 
And the fix was, let me go get Cam Newton. Uh, <laughs> I just don't think. I know your feelings about Cam Newton. Well, and even all biases <laughs> aside, whatever, he his numbers speak for themselves. He's just not that great of a thrower in the last few years. Yeah. Maybe when he started he was, but not not recently. Yeah. What have you done for me lately? He's never been a more than a serviceable pocket passer. Agreed. You know, Um Cam Newton's strength has always been in his ability to run and improvise, which is something that is harder to do when you lose accuracy and yeah. you lose a step. Yeah. So uh, it's no surprise to see Cam, especially with all the punishment that he's been dealt I will say, throughout his career. I think he gets the least amount of flags out there. I oh, mean, yeah. He gets beaten alive just because he's a big body. It's blatant at times. Oh, it, it's, it's, it hurts me, sickens me. So let's break down these playoff teams before we jump into the matchup. Shoot. Starting with the AFC, we've got the Titans who are making their third straight appearance. They lost last year in the wild card. The Chiefs, seventh straight appearance. They lost in the Super Bowl last year, as we all know. Mm-hmm. Bills with their third straight, losing in the AFC championship game. And the Steelers with their second straight appearance, losing in the wild card round last year. We have three teams making their first appearance in a number of years the Bengals haven't been since 15 the Raiders have not been since 16 and the Patriots have not been since Tom Brady was under center in 2019 when he threw that last pass as a Patriot which was a pick six love it to ex-teammate I believe Malcolm Butler love it yep so um that's what we're looking at at the AFC any any thoughts on some of those teams? I mean, I remember the Bengals team in 15, Andy Dalton, A.J. Green. They had Vontez Perfect. <laughs> so much promise, man, yeah, right? That was, a, that was a team I think we were we were like, oh, this they could they could make some noise. They, they could rattle could. off a few. Well, um, they won the AFC North that year, too, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, and, and then, you know, underperformed in the playoffs. I saw a stat. It was nobody has ever sent a text message about the Bengals winning a playoff game. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. It just hasn't happened. They have not won a playoff game since the first text message was sent. Yeah. <laughs> that that baffles me. No one's been able to tweet about it either. Yeah. Well, that, that as well. <laughs> Which, there like, you we, you, you, it's crazy. You say those kinds of things. It's like, I was talking about this in the office earlier this week, actually. Yeah. And I was like, I always measure time by what happened in sports. So if I talk to my brother, I was like, you know... This event in sports is older than you. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, it's like, holy shit. Yeah. That event in sports is older than him. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> so it's all, that's kind of how I, I measure my years. It's like, oh, it's been, uh, uh, I don't know, what, what was the San Antonio Holmes catch in 2008? Good God. So it's been 14 years since that happened. <laughs> Say that now, I feel old. I know. <laughs> so um, crazy. So the NFC. You got the Packers making their third straight appearance, looking to go to their third straight NFC conference game as well. Buccaneers with their second straight under Tom Brady. First appearance for the Cowboys since 2018. Second straight for the Rams. Then you got three more teams starting their playoff streaks. The Cardinals, who have not been since 15, and the Niners and Eagles, who made their last appearances in 2019, where you know we all know what happened last time the Niners were in the playoffs. It's crazy to see... That, excuse me, to see that Jimmy Garoppolo is back under center and getting them to their winning ways. And it, I, I think it's really no coincidence that he has his most, the Niners have their most success when Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy the full season, which 
he missed some games due to health issues this year. Obviously had that thumb injury. And they were still a middling team uh, for most of the season. But when healthy, he's been able to win games. So my question to Niners fans and to you, Strato, is why does everyone hate Jimmy Garoppolo so much? Is it because they don't think he is a winner or is it because they don't think he can stay on the field? Because I think he's a winner. (laughs) I think he's shown you that he's a winner. Maybe that he can't win the big game, uh, but he's just sort of got outperformed there in, in that last one in the Super Bowl. Um, I don't know why you don't like Jimmy Garoppolo as a as an organization or, or a fan base for that matter. I would jump at the opportunity to sign this guy. And again, the big question mark, I guess, would be health. Yeah. That's the only major reason. But when he is healthy, like you said, he gives you every chance of winning. Mm-hmm. If you're a team looking for a quarterback right now, I don't think this quarterback class is very deep. Why would you not just go out and try to sign a guy like this that, that's proven he can win you football games in probably one of the tougher divisions in the NFL, I think, as well. Yeah. So health is a big issue. That would, I guess, be the kicker for me is you you got to be on the field to win football games. So if you're not going to sign a guy, that's probably why. But I, and, there, there's a lot to like from Jimmy G. Yeah, there really is. And I respect that argument. you got to be on the field. That's my argument anytime someone – says that George Kittle is a better tight end than Travis Kelsey. It's simply not the truth. Uh, Longevity has something to do with it, and being able to be on the field, you can't really make an impact from from the bench uh, in a cast. So having that that durability, that longevity to, to be durable for as long as he has been, on top of just stacking up numbers over the last few years, I don't want to get on too much of a Travis Kelsey tangent, but um, you know that's kind of where I'm at. So he's great. The playoff matches are set, the seedings are in stone, and we are ready to get after it. So we'll start with the AFC side, going from the Chiefs and Steelers, which we can talk about in more detail when we get to Chiefs talk. That one will be Sunday night on NBC. The last time the Chiefs and the Steelers met in the playoffs were in 2016 when the Steelers beat the Chiefs 18-16 in a game where the Chiefs' defense did not allow any touchdowns. That one hurt that, so bad. I remember where I was. I'm pretty sure you were at my house in Missouri was. State watching that, uh, that game. and I went outside and smoked a cigar on the porch by myself that night. Yeah, it was, so, it was a rough one. It that's turned, a, turned uh, south fast. Yeah, I was saving that as a celebratory cigar. That one hurt. That yeah. was the year. And we then, were going to do it that year. Yeah, I felt so good about that year, too. God. It was a good one. And then we took a fan vote. So thank you for everybody who participated in that on Facebook and Instagram. We tallied up the votes. We're going to share with you who the fans of the Fastest 40 think would be winning these games. So the Chiefs have a 94.1% advantage over the Steelers. Wow. Damn near a landslide. There were just a few people who who thought that they had the edge, uh, who thought the Steelers had the edge over the Chiefs. I'm with the fans on this one, um, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I uh, think that one's where I'm going to lean as well, obviously, for, you know. Even Big Ben... Even Big Ben has no confidence. And, you know, it could be just a smoke show that he's putting out. I don't know if you saw the clip or heard it. Let's just go have it. fun and see yeah. what happens. Yeah. He's, he's, I, mm-hmm. He said, we're way, we're way worse. <laughs> we're not a good team. All this shit. And I think it's, uh, you know, I think he's just being a little facetious. 
a little bit there. Yeah, um, there's a little bit of undersell, right? Yeah. You got to undersell a little bit. Moving on. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. Moving on. Bills, three seed, hosting the Patriots, six seed. Last time these guys met, 1963. Remember that one? Yeah. They were the Boston Patriots at that time, wow. and the Boston Patriots won 26 to 3. They're playing Saturday night on CBS. We took our fan vote. This one was the closest of the two, or of all of our fan votes between these two teams. 59.6% of the fastest 40 fans believe the Bills will take this game. I am with the fans on this one. Although I want the Patriots to win this game, I very much do. Um, I think the Bills are going to squeak this one out since it is in Buffalo. So last time they were in Buffalo, obviously there was all that wind and it was frigid and there was all this talk about, oh my God, Mac Jones has only thrown the ball four times and somehow they won the football game. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Bill Belichick. I don't know what the weather's going to be like, but I, I'm, I'm going with the guy that's been there more times than I can count. He's always got a way to take away your best option. Mm-hmm. I'm also not super sold that uh, the quarterback over there in Buffalo is is as good as all this hype that he's getting. So sure, uh, we'll see. It is at home for him, so that's something for him. But I I picked I picked the Patriots in this one, just straight up due to the the coach that Bill Belichick is. Yeah, no, that's fair. I've got, um, you know the next the next match here. It's the Bengals. Okay. Hosting the Raiders. They're playing Saturday afternoon on NBC. Last time these two teams met, the Raiders took the match ni- in 1990, wow. uh, 20-10. to 10. So Boomer Esiason was the quarterback. Couldn't tell you. I think maybe Jeff Hostetler was the Raiders quarterback at that time. Uh, who cares? <laughs> so they took the dub. The Raiders did. The fans also believe the Bengals are going to take the dub, just like myself, 80%, although I am rooting for the Raiders here, um, what is which is a weird thing. What is the you want as a Chiefs fan to see? You would it's want the to Raiders. See. It's the Raiders. We outscored them 89-23 to 23 in That's, two matchups this it's year. It's a decent margin, I would say. It's a good... It's respectable. Yeah, I think that is very respectable. <laughs> it's respectable. Yeah, it's, for Chiefs fan, it is, absolutely. That's how they should all be played uh, <laughs> against the Raiders. But you do have to watch out. This Raiders team's feeling good right now. Mm-hmm. They beat a good Chargers team to just squeak in. They're not pushovers, the Chargers, no. you know. So And they went up fast and maybe even pulled off the gas pedal a little bit there. So there, there might be some more left in the tank there. I'm with you. I'm taking the Bengals, but don't be surprised if this is one of those games where team comes on the road and, and shows up. Here's the X factor for the Raiders. They got Darren Waller back, a player that they did not have for five weeks due to hip and back injuries and then a COVID spell towards the end of his uh, rehabilitation. So look for him to really show out. I know the Bengals have a fantastic defense. Uh, but Darren Waller is going to be the key factor in that game. I would agree a lot. Um, you're going to have to put a smaller body on a very, very athletic guy like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a tough matchup. Absolutely. So let's move into the NFC. Buccaneers hosting the Eagles Sunday noon on Fox. 2002 was the last time these met. These guys met up. The Buccaneers were on their Super Bowl run. Andy Reid was the coach of the Eagles. Donovan McNabb against Brad Johnson. Oh, good old Brad. <laughs> the Buccaneers took the win, 
I think they take the win again in this one, although do not rule out a Jalen Hurts just absolute clinic. It's got to be like that. Uh, that's the only way that the Eagles have a chance. He has got to make plays happen. I hate the Buccaneers almost as much as I hated the Patriots with Tom Brady, and I think I'm starting to realize I just hate Tom Brady, and I don't know <laughs> why. But the Buccaneers are I know a damn why. good. Yeah, you do. The, the Buccaneers are a damn good football team. And I think they take care of business in, or, or against Philly. Excuse yep. me. So we've got the Cowboys and Niners, just a classic 90s playoff matchup. The last time these guys met was in 1994. That was a good year. Yes, it was. The Niners took the dub on the way to their Super Bowl title, 38-28. I've got the Niners in an upset here. The fan vote, um, <laughs> this one's pretty damn close too, 60.8% to the Cowboys side of things. So the people who are listening to the show, they're not ruling out an upset, which that's the side that I'm on, and I believe that's the side you're on too. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the Cowboys just beat bad teams, and the Niners are not a bad team. Um, you might say that the Cowboys dropped a 50-piece in their final week, week 18. <clears throat> that was mostly against backups for Philly. They were resting most of their guys. Mm-hmm. So, uh, sorry, Garner Minshew is nowhere compared to Jimmy G. And I'm a big Minshew fan, but <laughs> Jimmy G's and the Niners are going to come out with a great game plan because Shanahan does that, and and that's just how it is. Uh, Niners are going to go in there and, and show them how to play football. Deal with it. Yeah, suck <laughs> it. I hate the Cowboys too, by the way. <laughs> They're playing late in the afternoon on CBS, and I didn't read the fan vote for the Buccaneers and Eagles. The Buccaneers got the edge in that one, 82.7%. So. Uh, pretty close to the landslide victory that was the Chiefs and Steelers matchup. The final playoff game, I'm picking the upset in this one too. The Cardinals as the five seed are going on the road to Los Angeles to play the Rams at SoFi Stadium on Monday night football. Bum, 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 bum. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> the last time these teams met up was in 1975. It was the Los Angeles Rams taking on the St. Louis Cardinals, and the Rams got the victory with Deacon Jones and the fearsome foursome. 35-23 Rams. Wow. That's a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm with you with the Cardinals. Um, I I really do think that uh, Kyler Murray might be the next guy. He's just athletic. He's He's got to have a game. He's got to do what he does, and he's a playmaker. Yep. You also get a guy uh, with the last name of Watt back, which is a big deal, who's been yep. gone. So if there's anybody that can make, make – uh, you know, waves on the defensive side, it's him. I also am going to lean over to the opposite side where the Rams have quarterback of Stafford. Um, this is a little <laughs> bit of a weird weird take for me because I like the guy a lot. He was my fantasy quarterback. Big big Stafford fan. I don't necessarily think that he's the guy that McVay thought he was. I don't know what your take is. It's kind of looking like down the stretch he's older maybe. He's not making good decisions. He's throwing the ball away. And when you have a guy like Cooper Cup that's just tore up the league with the roster that they've got, I just there's no excuses. There's no excuses. And, sure. And I just think that he hasn't performed as well as he can. Like, I think they got Stafford too late yeah. in the game. Yeah. Um, you know, Stafford is 33, 34 in that range now. He is getting older. I think the media hyped up the move quite a bit. Oh, yeah. It I think move, uh, it was a big move. Um, but I think that set some sort of unfair expectations for him, which I don't think he's really too far off from Goff. 
uh, which is why I thought the Lions got a steal of a deal Incredible. when they traded for him. I thought they totally fleeced the Rams on that one. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, I think he's better than Goff just slightly, which is why they were able to win the division, something that they did not do the last couple of years Goff was in town. This is true. With the same roster pretty much last year, they weren't able to do it. So um, the fans... They're on the Rams side. Really? 70.6% in favor of the Rams. I don't know. I mean, I I, I was kind of surprised by this one. I thought it was going to be closer to 50-50, but uh, everyone's on the Rams train. Well, I mean, and the Rams have a good team. And then when you look at that team on paper, it's probably better. That roster is stacked. Yeah. You've got veteran talent, smart minds, and a great head coach. So yeah. all those things thrown together – yeah, I would not be surprised if they win. I'm just thinking that they're not going to, and I'm going to give this one to the Cardinals. I'm with you. Speaking of head coaches, let's look at the coaching carousel and some jobs that are opened up. Jaguars and Raiders, those were available midseason, and they started their interviewing process towards the end of the regular season. The Broncos fired Vic Fangio shortly after the end of Week 18. The Bears followed along just shortly after and the same day the Vikings pulled the plug on their coach Mike Zimmer. Yeah. Um, so we saw Fangio, Matt Nagy, Mike Zimmer, and then some surprise calls here. So the the Dolphins they let go of Brian Flores, which is something that shocked the crap out of me. Yeah, me he well. had two winning seasons consecutively, nineteen wins the last two seasons, just narrowly missing the playoffs both times, and I really truly feel he deserved another year. Um but you know, he's going to be a highly sought-after coaching prospect for some of those other potential teams. And then the Giants finally came to their senses after it appeared that Joe Judge might retain his Skate position. By somehow, yeah. Gettleman retires, and then once Gettleman retired, that's when I kind of started getting the sense that whatever GM is coming in here, they're going to want their guy. Well, there's that, and did he really retire? I mean, he retired on paper. Wait, hey, he retired. It, right, yeah. That's the With, official you stance. You can't see Daniel's fingers here. He <laughs> retired, okay? Let's just put it that way. I think he was given an option, and he chose the highway out. Um, but there were some crazy, <clears throat> crazy moves. Uh, Zimmer didn't surprise me. Um, with the talent of that roster, you've got to perform better. you got to win. Yeah, you have to win. The Flores thing absolutely baffled me. I think that was a terrible move. The guy basically rebuilt both sides of the football in two years and it was not given a free... I mean, I guess you have to win in the NFL, and that's all that matters. What have I you done for me lately? What have you done for me lately? But I think the ceiling was, was very high for those guys, and they they were just scratching the surface of their potential. So that surprised me. Um, I, I don't know, man. There are a lot of great coaching opportunities here, and we're going to see a lot of a lot of guys get the opportunity that probably should have had it in the first place. But that one for me was was very surprising. Yeah, in my mind, I think the cream of the crop here, as far as the jobs that are available, has to be Minnesota with all the offensive talent they have over there, followed by the Broncos with all of their defensive talent. <clears throat> and then you're looking at the Dolphins, who have a pretty solid roster. The Giants, whose roster is young and has potential, and they have a lot of resources. Got two first-round picks, uh, two in the top ten for that matter. Yeah. So, 
a, a lot to be desired here. And here are the coaching prospects that we've kind of heard. There's a couple other ones that, that have been mentioned here and there, but the big ones are former head coaches Dan Quinn, Doug Peterson, Jim Caldwell, Todd Bowles, Anthony Lynn, Josh McDaniels, and Brian Flores. And then you've got some potential first-time head coaches, Byron Lefwich, Kellen Moore, Matt Eberflus, Nathaniel Hackett, Eric Bieniemy, and Brian uh, Dable. So a lot of coaches here for what has turned out to be a pretty high amount of head coaching jobs in this year's hiring cycle. Yeah, absolutely. Not a not a big Dan Quinn fan. He has uh, proven he, he blows leads. Uh, Doug Peterson, I think, will get a shot somewhere. Caldwell, I think, deserves another shot. He shouldn't have been uh, fired by the Lions, no, in my not opinion. At all. Not at all. Uh, when you look at the history of the Lions, he was one of the better ones of recent years. So there's that. Um, Flores, too. It's just surprising <laughs> that he got fired. But, you know, right. it is what it is. As far as the new guys, uh, Kellen Moore, I like him a lot. Um, I think uh, that, that offense with without Dak is different. But, you know, uh, it's incredible to see what he's done. There's that one, and then of course our guy EB, and then Brian Leftwich as well uh, is, has been a stud there, meshing with Brady um, and all of his genius that there is there. But um, yeah, it's going to be really exciting to see who who hires whom on this one. Yeah, I, I think there's some good matches here for some of the potential coaches. So we'll see how it all shakes out. The interview process is well underway. I know Eric Bieniemy has been requested by the Jaguars, and he as he is the favorite for the Broncos job, right? No, I saw Vikings. Vikings, that's the one. But he was they did Denver did request to interview him as well. Yep. So yep. Um, he's going to get some opportunities finally. So Hopefully. draft order. This well, is set in stone for picks one through eighteen. We'll talk about this before we jump into Chiefs talk. The Jaguars earned the right to pick first overall. And they got to win their last game. How cool is that? And they got to walk off win. Yeah, that's awesome. Followed by the Lions, Texans, Jets, and Giants to round out the top five picks, which uh, that's a striking resemblance to my bottom five, I got to say. (laughs) It's funny how that that works out. Weird how that works. Just outside the top five is the Panthers, who I know you had down there as well. The Giants take Chicago's pick at seven. The Falcons, Broncos, are at 8-9, and nine, followed by the Jets at 10, who will be drafting for the Seattle Seahawks. Who would have thought we'd see them in the top 10? Twice. <laughs> and then here comes Washington football team, the Vikings, the Browns, the Ravens, and then the Eagles inherit two straight picks from the Dolphins and the Colts. And then the Chargers and Saints round out the locked-in draft positions. So the, the big things that stand out to me here, uh, Giants have two, you know, top seven picks. They've got a lot of work to do. They need to bring in some guy, GM, that's actually going to give a damn and, mm-hmm. and draft well because they've got a lot of a lot of room to improve here. Uh, and then you got the Eagles down at 15 and 16 with back-to-back picks. That's a playoff team with two top 16 picks. Well, they're going to have a third pick. Oh, there's that know? too. So <laughs> that is scary to me if I'm in the NFC East. So, <laughs> Giants. Uh, you know, watch out. A lot of room there for the Eagles, too. But, um, you know, not a big quarterback draft, I don't think. No. Big, big defense draft. It's going to be a big defensive defensive heavy round, I think. Now they need to maintain. They need to stand pat with Jalen Hurts, in my opinion, and build around him and really see what, how far they can take this thing. Yeah. Um, as far as that, just ride it till the wheels fall off. You know Amen. what I mean? I hear you. Hell yeah. So, Chiefs talk. We're yeah. here. We're here, baby. 
This is brought to you by eCoffee. It's the coffee that I trust to really wake me up every morning. Casey, uh, local company. One of my really close friends, him and his family, they have a fantastic story. Check out their story, what they're all about, and the coffee that can fill your cup at www.eeroastcoffee.com. Are you on E? If you are, go check out their website. Instagram is at EE Roast Coffee. You can get subscriptions for their coffee. If you find a bean that you love, a roast that you cannot live without, you can try their subscriptions. My personal favorite is the Rad Kingdom because it is Chiefs themed. It fuels me through the playoffs. It's something that I have in my cup. Even when I'm recording these shows at 8 or 9 o'clock at night or whatever time we're doing it, I need some coffee. I need to be up. I need to be lively for you guys. And E Coffee really does a trick for me. So, Check them out at EE Roast Coffee on Instagram. They have a Facebook page and then their website, www.eeroastwithanscoffee.com. Chiefs, they clinch the two seed. Mm -hmm. They draw seven seed Steelers mm -hmm. team, a team that we played in our last home game. That was a good one. Whooped their ass 36-10. Yep. I like that one a lot. Here's some uh, some details behind uh, behind this matchup. Big Ben seven and three against the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes two and zero against the Steelers. That's a good number. So and that includes playoffs. So seven and one against the Chiefs until Patrick Mahomes came to town. That That's is domination. Oh man! And by it was. Big Ben, it was. And they, they were truly the class of the AFC for a long time. I don't know if you remember the graphics they used to put up. That would show all of the AFC championship quarterbacks for like a decade. And it was combinations of Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, and Peyton Manning with some Joe Flacco sprinkled in here and there. Yeah, like two. <laughs> yeah. That was it. Oh, man. I do not miss those days. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm happy to uh, you know rewrite the history books, so to speak. Yeah, rewrite some wrongs. That's right. So That's right. Mahomes' playoff record in Arrowhead, 5-1. and one. Never played in a road game. I know that graphic and stats been getting tossed around. But 5-1 and one in Arrowhead in the playoffs, the one loss coming in the AFC Championship game against the Patriots in 2018. That was a tough game to watch. Tough one. One that can't get over. It's also probably one of the best games I've ever got to watch. <laughs> yeah, you were there. Yeah, yeah. I had was... to work a Kansas City Comets game. I was uh, selling group packages for them at that time, and we had a game the same night during that blizzard. I don't think I've ever been more heartbroken in my whole life than, than that moment right there. Plus, uh, it was just cold as shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was it was absolutely cold as shit, man. I mean, everybody was wearing bibs. I had bought tickets by myself because I couldn't sit with all my boys. So that kind of hurt, but I was also surrounded by Patriots fans, so that didn't help either. Oh, my God. Dude, That's a was, nightmare scenario. It was rough, but I will tell you, one of the better... Tommy freaking Brady! God damn it, that <laughs> bastard. Um, one of the craziest games of my life, for sure. No, that's that's one that you don't forget. No. Uh, for, for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. So Reed against Tomlin all time, four and five, including the playoffs. What are our keys to victory, you might ask? Well, uh, show up, um, get off, get you off know, the uh, get off the bench and get on bench? the field. I, I mean, out of the <laughs> locker room. If we can make it out of the locker room, we'll have like a ninety percent we'll, chance. I think we'll be okay. 
I yeah. mean, that's that's my thing. I don't usually like talking about like that about the Chiefs. I'm very superstitious, I get it. Uh, as you know. I get it. So uh, here's the thing. I just haven't felt more confident about a Chiefs game, especially a playoff game, really since we played the Texans in 2015 where we 30-0'd them. So, yeah, that's a pretty good one, too. <clears throat> so, I mean, I don't – I just – I just have no faith in Big Ben. He is uh, a shell of what he was in those years when he dominated Kansas City. He can't throw the ball accurately more than eight yards down the field. I'm more it, worried it, about that the, defense than Big Ben. The I mean, offense just isn't there. No. Yeah. And you've got, if there's one thing you have to be able to do against the Kansas City Chiefs, it's score freaking points. Well, here's a stat I heard on the radio on the Hit way here. Hit me with it, baby. The Chiefs are 49-3 and three against teams that score less than 30 points against the Chiefs. That's pretty wild. That is actually incredible. There are three games we have lost where teams have scored less than 30 points. It was the Titans' blowout loss earlier this year, that random Monday night Colts game where we lost like 19-13 to 13 or something. Yeah. And... I may be forgetting one here. I am forgetting it. There was a third one. Yeah, some some time ago. <laughs> it it might have been I lost it. Yeah. Anyway, there are only three three occasions of that happening. So Patrick Mahomes, you know, to really keep up with the offenses that they're putting on the field, you have to have to have to have to score. score. And football. and that's not something that the the Steelers have been keen on doing. Now, I will say they are getting some players back that they didn't have against us. They do have a fully healthy TJ Watt who was coming off of some injuries at that time. Mm-hmm. They do have Pat Fryermuth who missed the game. He's okay. their number one tight end. So there's some some new elements to this game. We're going to see some new things. But even at the end of the day, a team that can only score 13 points against the Cleveland Browns and 13 or 16 points against uh Third string Ravens defense. It's just tough to it see. It does not give me much hope all. for them. No, man. No, none. Uh, my big key to victory here uh, is going to be the tackling. We have not tackled very well in our last few mm-hmm. games. And I, I just think that's got to be addressed. If there was one thing about our defensive run that impressed me the most, it was how well our DBs tackled, how well our linebackers were wrapping up. And Dirty Dan wasn't missing as many tackles. Those things were crazy. So uh, we have to freaking tackle and, yeah. and keep the ball. We it's can't a must. turn the ball over. That's the other one, too. Turnovers kill you. So those are my two big keys. Yep. Turnovers. Tackles. No dropping the ball. Well, that's a good one, too. Did we, did we talk about that? I don't even think we talked about that one. Because people been dropping the damn ball. That drives me up a wall. <laughs> Turn your hands over and catch the damn football. It's pretty much fundamentals. It's receiver, um, not dropper. That's your position. <laughs> Fucking catch the football. The, the biggest problem I have is the body catching. Oh, my God, and I it's, know. And it's Tyreek Hill who's the biggest culprit here. He's got, like, what, 10, 10, 12 drops on the season? Double digits. That's incredible. Yeah. Incredible. It's, it's not great. And, you know, not dropping the ball, making your tackles, controlling the time of possession by running the ball, making the Steelers play from behind, and really just protecting Patrick Mahomes. Those are all huge things that we can do. Huge. 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 So, with a win, the Chiefs would advance to the divisional round, drawing the lowest, uh, second lowest remaining seed 
here at Arrowhead, which is likely to be the Bills, the Bengals, or the Raiders, depending on how things play out. The Raiders. The only team we're guaranteed not to play are the Titans and the Patriots. So who out of that list are you like, man, I am chomping at the bit. I can't wait to play you. I want the Bengals. You want the Bengals. In Arrowhead. Yeah, so a little bit of revenge game there. Mm-hmm. little revenge, come back. See how Joey Joey B performs at Arrowhead yep. first time ever. I do. Uh, I want to see how he likes the noise. Oh, I want man. Jamar Chase. Oh. I want all the smoke all of, from the Bengals. Man, yeah, dude, I love that too. But I hate the Raiders, so I want to see them in Arrowhead to just beat them <laughs> again. Whoop that uh, ass! Whoop that ass! Just like we have, uh, you know, this whole so year. many times before. Oh, and yeah, last year <laughs> and the year before and the year before. So. Yes, um, that uh, that's mine. But, you know, looking at this list, I can't really tell you that there's one team I'm not ready to play or that I'm scared of. Yeah, uh, I, 100%. I, I think we are the team to beat, even even Tennessee. I, I respect Tennessee, but I think the Chiefs are the team to beat in the AFC. <clears throat> no, 100%. Absolutely. 100% they are, and I think the Titans would tell you the same thing. They better. So, 2018... Our 2021, rather, I was reading something here. Season to remember, ups and downs, all that good stuff. We still went five and one against the division, mm-hmm. capture our sixth straight division title, twenty and four in the division since Patrick Mahomes took over as a full time starter. Crazy. Six Pro Bowlers: Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey, Orlando Brown, Tyron Matthew, and Chris Jones. Let's talk about team awards. Okay. Some players you think uh, you know might deserve some of these things within the team. I think the Chiefs team MVP, for me personally, has to be Melvin Ingram. That's an incredible pick. I love that pick because it changed our whole season. It right? truly did. Uh, it, he, coming into the defense, changed everything about it. Um, if you hadn't picked him, I probably would have. I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes because I think he's gotten a lot of shade this year um (laughs) people have just sort of expected him to be the greatest and put up those numbers that are just stupid and he has shown them that you know even through all the adversity he can still go out there and win football games here's my thing about unfair expectations if he sets those expectations for himself then why can't we feel that way no you're right (laughs) no and i and i totally understand that and and he does a good job of that and there's nobody, he's the first guy to tell you, yeah, I have to play better. Mm-hmm. But there's He also, sure as hell does own it. And he does, I mean, absolutely does. There's, there's, a, there's an aspect of he's still a very young, very young guy mm-hmm. learning how to play the game, learning how to read defenses, learning how to make check downs, <laughs> you know. Getting into it. So there's got to be a little bit more leeway, I think. Um, and, and the guy straight up just, just goes out and does what he does. Just performs. So, I don't know. He's yeah. my guy. Yeah, and I think if you're not constantly learning as a player uh, in an ever-evolving league, then you're really going to fall behind. So, you know, Patrick Mahomes, not a bad pick for MVP. Agreed. Obviously the best player on the team. Yeah. I took the most valuable player, which was Melvin Ingram, acquiring him because that truly did turn our season around, as you mentioned. So. 100%. Rookie of the year, we are in agreement here. It is Creed Humphrey, offensive rookie of the year. Sorry about that. Creed Humphrey, number one rated center across the NFL. 
I mean, he was fantastic. The dude did not give up many sacks. He didn't give up many pressures, was dominant in the run game, and just a total beast, a people mover. One of those guys that's going to be a cornerstone of that offensive line for several years to come. I am in love with this dude. Me too. He is fantastic, and I, I think I'm kind of torn between these two rookies that we have that have really okay. shined this year. Creed Humphrey and Nick Bolton, which jersey do I get? Oh, that's easy for me, but I'm a defense guy. So <laughs> I, I I love me some Nick Bolton. Mizzou. Me too. I mean, that's just... It's like a double, you know, it's double dipping on the teams. Creed is jersey worthy. I'll give you that. I mean, mm-hmm. I would not I would see Creed Humphrey jersey and be like, who the fuck is this guy? No, it's uh it's definitely one that you'll be proud to wear it's for not a, a long time. It's not a Sammy Parker type of jersey. Or a fucking Matt Castle jersey. Yeah, right? okay? exactly. So uh, it's not one of those. Uh you're you are you are going to see that and you're gonna be like, you know what? Respect, dude. Hell He's yeah. He's my guy. I like that. You're yeah. if you're wearing a Creed jersey and you walk into Ale House during a Chiefs game, you're getting all daps. Oh yeah. From you're getting dapped everybody, up. You walk dude. down C eleven's road to the to the porta potty, you're getting all daps. All daps. Dap her up, man. <laughs> That's how that one's gonna be. But uh yeah, Creed. Maybe I've got a got a little bit of a Pro Bowl snob. Uh, I don't know. Snob. Snob snob. Yeah. yeah, yeah we'll get I wasn't it. too thrilled about that. Yeah, it is what it is. Whatever. Screw him. That's right. (laughs) He'll show him later. So, Offensive Player of the Year, it's hard not to pick Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I have to take Tyreek Hill here. Okay. Tell me why. He set the Chiefs team record for receptions at 111, 114 in between there. Imagine if he didn't have all those drops. I know. He'd have 120. That'd be crazy. (laughs) But he was fantastic this year. I think he really showed out in a lot of big moments. Um, you know, it's hard It's hard to pick another player. Honestly, it's sad to say that our tight end and our wide receiver having a 1,000-plus yard years, it seemed like a down year. Right? It did. It really did. And I think a part of that was because Patrick is still che- – he's checking down the ball a lot more this year than he normally does. Right? Yeah, well, he's had to. He's ha- Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So teams are adjusting to him, so he then has to adjust, and then that's the chess match, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it is crazy to say you're tight end and your number one receiver, both over 1,000 yards, and it feel like a down year. Uh, I would 100% agree with you. There's nobody else in the offense that is – who has the skills sort of like to make people miss like a Dante Hall. Like you remember when Dante Hall would catch a punt and he would just fucking yeah, go Yeah, he would torch oh my God. the special Run teams 15 unit. 15 yards backwards to make a 100-yard touchdown. That's how <laughs> I feel every time Tyreek Hill touches the ball. Uh, so I totally understand and, and respect the shit out of that pick. Yeah, he's explosive. Um, my, my offensive player of the year is going to be Patrick, like you mm-hmm. said. Someone's got to get the guy the ball, right? So um, that's fair. that's that's where I'm at with it. He's also my MVP, so you got to give him that credit. Yeah, absolutely. So defensive player of the year, I'm going with. I, I'm trying not to give the same person two awards. That was my own personal thing. I know it happens a lot in the NFL. Mahomes won the MVP and the offensive player of the year. I'm going with Nick Bolton because he led all rookies in tackles for a loss, and I believe it was all linebackers as well. He had something crazy. 19 tackles for loss on yeah, the year. Just a stud. 
it was incredible watching this guy play, uh, not to mention the 84-yard fumble recovery. Big deal. All kinds of things that happened uh, because of him this year, and really the defense, they have a star on their hands. Yeah, uh, and, and on a rookie deal, which is even more scary. We've hmm. got the opportunity that we can ride this out and then lock him up for for long term later. Yeah. Uh, my, uh, my defensive player of the year, just because of the sheer impact that he made you touched on him a little bit earlier, is, is going to be Mr. Melvin Ingram. Mm-hmm. He changed the whole culture of that defense, allows a guy like Chris Jones to move back inside and be as dominant as he is in there. Uh, I I just – his impact was crucial, is yeah. crucial. It's more than success. the stat sheet. It, yeah, it, it really is. And not to even mention, the dude is just a vet who knows his stuff, can help mentor these young guys. Great leadership great a- aspect. Great leadership, great person. Yeah, he's he's my defensive player of the year. All right, favorite game from the Chiefs this year. My favorite was when we went on the road to SoFi Stadium and played the Chargers in Week 15. I was blessed enough to be at that game with Super a lot of my closest friends, and obviously I wish you and uh, Trey and a lot yeah. of other people were there, of course. That would have been a blast. Oh, man, that's I was actually texting Trey during the day and was just like, man, I wish you and Strato were here. Like, that you guys would fucking wild. love this place. It's just wild. So that has to be my game of the year. It's probably... I was talking to the guys, too. As far as games that I've attended, it's like playoff games, the very best regular season game is that game. Oh, I would I have no doubt. I mean, that was... <laughs> we all watched it. We know. Yeah. We saw what happened. You got to live that, you know what yeah. I mean? With all the whole pregame experiences and experiencing another stadium. That's on a lot of people's lists. So uh, that's that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. My game is uh, going to stick with the common theme here for me. Uh, personally, it's beating the absolute teeth out of the Raiders at home <laughs> in uh, in Week 14. My favorite pastime. God, it's so much fun. It's so much <laughs> fun. I just have pure joy on my face whenever I see it happen. Um, from the freaking first play of the, of the ball game where, you know, we pop that fumble out and Baker takes it into the end zone. Mm-hmm. Just it was just great. From then on out, it was basically just a pure party. bliss. It was just a party up there, <laughs> yelling at Raiders fans, having fun. Great time. Just great euphoria. Time. Oh my god, the whole <laughs> freaking time. So Shadow and I were season ticket members for the Chiefs, and um, yeah, absolutely. We we have a lot of people that we go out and tailgate with. Check us out, C eleven. You yeah, won't regret it. You'll know it's us. Come see us on the on the cornhole boards, bags boards. What is your favorite tailgate memory from the season, so, which is full of great ones? A little backstory here. Uh, my lovely wife, her name's Taylor, is from New hey, York. Hey, Taylor. Hey, Taylor. Is from New York. So diehard, and I love this about her, diehard Giants fan. I don't know how you could be a Giants fan personally because of all the heartbreak. I've been there, and I understand heartbreak, but it just <laughs> seems like they just do it over and over. And the one thing that they do have on us is... They beat Tom Brady twice, so that's pretty damn cool. That's a huge, awesome, cool freaking stat, and I love that. But there is no greater feeling um, than having your family from New York in town mm-hmm. for a Chiefs game, having them ride the bus into the stadium. Oh yeah! Oh my god! The full experience, Gets which a full tailgate experience. They were an absolute pleasure to have around the tailgate too. Oh, I mean, th- you love their energy. Great sports. They're gonna talk just as much shit as they get talked at them. Uh, which <laughs> yeah, I they did love, not hold back. Which it was so I great. Love about them, uh, but getting to do the Arrowhead Chop 
at them at Arrowhead, you know, it was just an experience I'm never going to forget. I thought Taylor was going to leave your ass right then and there. You know, she might have threatened me once or twice about it. Um, <laughs> walking with her into the stadium was a different kind of fun that, you know, was probably way more fun for her. Yeah. Getting to yell at everybody because she's, oh, it she's was like hilarious. really good at yelling at yeah. people. It's, it's scary sometimes. But, you know, also... The best part is she knows her shit, right? She oh knows her God, shit yeah. about football. So when she talks trash, it's usually like a true dig at your team. So it's like... Damn. Ow, how did she know that? Ow. Uh, it really hurt. <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, it, it 100% is. She's very knowledgeable, but um, it was a really good blast, and, and we're blessed to have them out. And if you guys have not got to experience Arrowhead, you've got to get out there, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, GEHA field. Um, you know, it's not the same as <laughs> just saying Arrowhead, but it's it's you have to get out there. C11, look us up. Yep. If you're an opposing fan, you'll get chopped. That's about it. <laughs> Favorite play from the year. Mine has to be the Travis Kelsey touchdown in overtime against the Chargers. Just watching him gallop into the end zone, yeah. do his little <gasps> dance and freak out in there. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, I'm going freaking bananas up in, oh, up in SoFi. And all of us Chiefs fans, just like just the, the pure quiet that you hear from the chargers fans was just oh i can oh, only imagine it was like man. shut up blissful shut up it was now blissful, quiet, <laughs> and and it's like peaceful at that moment right you know what i mean oh absolutely uh, my favorite would have to be uh, last week of the year we're down we're freaking getting driven on by gosh damn <laughs> drew lock of all people that right. guy's playing out of his mind and then all of a sudden, Melvin Ingram comes through, pops that football out, and Nick Bolton takes it back for 84 yards and a, and a touchdown to basically seal the deal uh, for the Chiefs. I'm Like I mentioned earlier, big defensive guy, so defensive touchdowns are huge for me. And uh, that, was, that was my favorite, uh, favorite time of year. Hell yeah, there were a lot of good moments. It's hard to pick just one, but pretty great. Yeah. All right, now we'll move into... Best segment on the show. Oh, yeah. When we talk about some gambling, help you guys win some money legally and responsibly, of course. Of course. I'll start with my picks. We're just going to do a quick walkthrough of these picks before we move into just a hunch. Obviously, not a lot of picks left to be made this year with there being a limited number of games. But I'm going to give you my picks, my top three plus a lock uh, before... We move into the divisional round. In the divisional round, we'll be giving you all of our picks for every game, the overs, the unders, all that good stuff. We're going to keep it simple here with just three picks and a lock so you can win some money this weekend. There you go. I'm starting with Buffalo minus four hosting New England. I think when the weather was right, Buffalo took care of business against New England. Four points. I think it ends up being a six point to seven point. So if you want to take some alt line, Feel free to do so. Buffalo's taking that by four at least. Philadelphia plus eight and a half at Tampa Bay. I'm going with that one. I really like the fact that they're giving points to Jalen Hurts in that high-powered offense. I think they're going to run the ball a ton. And, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they have some athletic linebackers, but Jalen Hurts is just a little bit faster. He's just a different guy, right? Different caliber guy. 
I mean, he's been kind of under the radar as far as what he's been able to do on the ground. He had over 800 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns. Hard to contain a guy like that. Yeah, absolutely. And my third pick for you guys is going to be the Las Vegas Raiders at plus five and a half at Cincy. Joe Burrow, we still don't know if he's fully healthy. Right. We don't know what's going on with the Bengals. So if it turns out that he's not 100%, I really think the Raiders are going to take care of business. And there's no way in hell these guys lose by anything more than three points. So lock that one in. My absolute lock of the week It is actually going to be the upset. I'm rolling with the underdog San Francisco 49ers at plus three on the road at Dallas. Something just deep in me, something in my plums is telling me that these guys, (laughs) these guys are going to take care of business in Dallas. And I just don't think Dallas, and you alluded to it earlier, they have not beat many good teams uh, this year. So I like the Niners. Uh, This is actually the only game this week that is not a rematch from the regular season. That's a huge deal. The Niners and Cowboys. So these two teams haven't seen each other. Not a lot of film. Well, right. I mean, you have a lot There's of film. There's film, but not against each other. You experience, know what I mean? Playing experience, yeah. Exactly. Perfect so, conditions, too, there, right? <laughs> exactly. Jerry World, they're going to keep the temp at a crisp 72 with exactly. minimal wind, you know? Yep. <laughs> so I'm taking San Fran plus three in my absolute lock of the week. Give me it. What do you got, brother? Well, I loved your picks, man, except for the first one. I'm going to take. <laughs> I'm going to take New England plus four. Uh, that's your I lock. Just, that's no, that's not my lock. Oh. Just, I'm giving you my picks. Okay. Oh, is that my lock? Is I, it? I think Vegas is my lock at plus five and a half. Okay, I, I thought you were gonna start me. with your lock. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not starting with my lock. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you my picks and then I'll finish with it. I'm gonna go New England plus four. Um, I I just think Bill Belichick's a guy that, kind of like you say, playoff Tom. There's mm-hmm. also playoff Bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's different kind of caliber, different kind of atmosphere. So. I'll go New England plus four. Philly plus eight and a half. Um, again, like you said, that offense in Philly is really good. Um, and, and maybe you can't defend everything that they do. So there's that as well. Uh, the Niners, that's my uh, money line pick there. I'm mm-hmm. going to take the, the upset because the Cowboys cannot beat good teams. You heard it here first. They can't. So there's that one. And then my lock of the week is going to be Vegas plus five and a half. Uh, like you said, we don't know the full story on Burrow. This Vegas team's hot. They just came off a win against a biggest very, win of their year. Very good Chargers team. Um, maybe they held up a little bit there at the end, but they came out on freaking fire. That defense was playing good. Mm-hmm. Vegas is feeling good. If you go into L- L.A. and beat the Chargers, you can go into Cincinnati and beat the Bengals. So I agree. There's there's those. Lock them in and and let's make some money, fellers. Absolutely, absolutely. So. Uh, playoffs are here, so we have wiped the slate clean. The show is 0-0. We'll stack these picks as we move through the playoffs so you can kind of see how we've been able to adjust to everything, and hopefully you know, you're know, you riding right along with us as we lock these wins in. Just a hunch to wrap the show up. I'll start with... Actually, Strato, you give me your just a hunch. We'll go with that one first. Man, here's my just a hunch. It's, it's just going to be straight up that the cards are going to beat the Rams, man. Uh, Stafford's not the guy. I think we're going to figure that out. And and maybe that's That's been your tune tonight. That's more of my hunch. Down the stretch, (laughs) he has not been the guy that they either thought he was or have needed him to be. With that roster, no excuses. Cards are going to go in there and beat him. Fair enough, fair enough. My just a hunch is related to the coaching search. I'm going with Brian Flores as the first coach hired. Wow. 
I think he was a surprise fire. I think a lot of teams who have vacancies were pumped to yeah. see that his name is in, you know, in contention. And for an added bonus, I think he's going to Chicago. That's a that's a great point. I mean, good defensive mind, good defensive city. Who wouldn't want to go over there to coach Khalil Mack, oh, yeah. Roquan Smith? Oh. And I think, you know, he'll bring in the right people to turn their offense around and really get Justin Fields on the right foot next Great year. point. If you can get Tua to do it, you can get Justin Fields to do it. Right. And being the defensive coach that he is, it's he's shown, in Miami at least, that he's not afraid to bring in the right people oh, for yeah. that job and delegate that job and... You know, we saw what he was able to do with Miami's defense, turning it around, bringing in new talent, uh, developing the existing talent they they had. Like Xavier Howard, he yeah. really pr- promoted himself within Stuff. that defense. So, um, you know, I'm really I'm really eager to see where Flores lands. I loved him as a coach in Miami. I thought he had way more left to give to that franchise, and it's really too bad that they let him go. And I think Chicago would be a fantastic fit for him. As a Dolphins fan, you have to be pretty upset, I think, um, mm-hmm. at that decision. Um, you have to be. I, I just, it shocked me. Like you said, I think everybody was shocked. Mm-hmm. That was not one that was on anybody's radar as far as I'm aware of. So, um, yep. wish him nothing but best, and he'll find somewhere to land, like you said. Oh, yeah. If not Chicago, I think Denver is another potential. I hope not. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> well... That's all we got. We're rolling into Wild Card Weekend, Super Wild Card Weekend. I'm excited to watch the Chiefs take care of business on Sunday night. Strato, I'm going to miss you there, but, man, I really yeah. appreciate you coming on the show. Anytime. Love man. you, brother. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for giving us some of your time, man. Thanks for having me, and, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm down for any time that you want me. So <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you again. And, Trey, I know you're listening out there somewhere. Hope I didn't disappoint you too much, uh, <laughs> but, you know. It is what it is. So yep. this is a lot of fun. Love doing it. Love you, man. Yeah. While Thanks I again. while I do miss Trey being here, we're gonna have a slew of guest hosts while he's in his absence. And Trey, you know, love you, brother. We're eager to get you back. But this is always fun getting to uh, have some people that you know Trey and I both love and appreciate on the show. Um, so thank you so much again. Everybody, appreciate you taking the time to listen to this week's episode of the Fastest Forty. Wish your team the best of luck for the playoffs. Let's get after it. Let's get hype. Let's get hype.